This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 61. I think in art, you can't be afraid. That's why I think people have trouble with the values is, you know, get a full range of values. Don't be afraid of the darks. Don't be afraid to try something. So what? You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not the end of the world. But you have to be, you have to kind of be bold and go for it. I feel like we're all a part of kind of pioneers in this in a way that we're we're part of making this medium. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I am joined by my co-host Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. What is new? I'm you drinking a new blueberry tea that I'm pretty excited about right now. Blueberry tea? That does sound good. It's amazing. Mm. Wow. Who makes I don't even that? like blueberries. You don't like blueberries. Okay. Incoming. <laughs> what made you think mail. what made you think to get that? That's hilarious. My mom got some when we were shopping recently and left some of the bags here when she was visiting and I out of curiosity tried oh, one wow. and realized it was amazing, so I went and bought hundred and twenty boxes more. Or bags more. <laughs> hundred and twenty boxes. Converted. All right. <laughs> This is a show where we discuss tea and all forms and (laughs) – all right. So we're going to talk about colored pencil as we do always. But who are we talking to today, Lisa? We are talking to an amazing artist, Cecile Baird. Cecile, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We're so excited to have you. Well, it is my pleasure. Believe me. I love talking about colored pencil and uh, I think it's going to be fun. Now, I got to tell you, the first colored pencil book that I ever purchased was your book. Really? Painting Light with Colored Pencil. Yes. Really? Well, that's, that makes me feel good. I loved it. I could not believe that all of this was, was done with colored pencil. And this was like my first introduction to anything. Really? Fantastic. Yeah, off of, you know, looking on websites. Right. Yeah, I started looking at this, and I was only doing graphite at the time. So it was just, it was such a eye-opening experience. So it brought and, you into the color world, huh? Yeah, it, it started introducing me to that, and I started yeah. doing those tutorials. So, All right, so why don't you take us back and uh, talk a little bit about your upbringing okay. a little bit and uh, bring us up to speed and where you are today. Okay, well, uh, my background is that I'm a graphic des- I was a graphic designer, grew up in Ohio around Columbus and went to Ohio State, got a BFA and an MA in what I call graphic design, but they call it visual communications design. So I worked as a graphic designer in St. Louis and then Los Angeles. Uh, and then I guess I guess I'm just a Midwestern girl at heart. So I moved back to the Midwest and I started my own business. I did a lot of I did freelance graphic design work, but I also started this crazy business of creating and wholesaling uh, polymer clay figurines, uh, primarily dogs and mostly Christmas ornaments. And I did that for many years and wholesaled them all over the country. But during this time, I actually had in school I really did not do any fine art at all and uh, did a lot of mechanical work um, you know mechanical drawing very precision mm-hmm. work and because this was this was before computers so we actually drew things and um, so I really did not do fine art until I moved back to Ohio and I moved to a very I grew up around Columbus but in the while I was gone um, my family had moved down to southern Ohio in a real rural county near a lake. And uh, so I just decided I was going to take some time off and come back and visit family and decide what I wanted to do next. 
and never thought I was going to be staying here, but uh, I ended up staying here. I found uh, some of the most amazing artists. I was just, I was absolutely blown away and uh, started taking uh, oil painting lessons from a local lady named uh, Virginia Wagner. Just loved her to death. She really got me started doing fine art, and it was oil painting. There's a local art guild. She also brought me into this local art guild that's called the Brush and Palette Art Guild, and they will be celebrating their 60th anniversary next year of continuous operation. So that brought me into the fine art world, and I've just loved it ever since. And kind of like you were saying, I found a book on colored pencil. Now, I, mm. I was familiar with colored pencils because we had, you know, we used those and markers to you know, make our presentations to uh, our clients and that sort of thing in graphic design. But I'd never, never used them, you know, as a fine art medium. And I bought a little book that is still in print today. It's one of those little Watson Guptill books. The author was Morel Wise, and it was just called Colored Pencil. And it's still out there. And so I had the colored pencils, so I thought, I'm going to try this. And boy, was I hooked instantly. What were the main differences then in what he was introducing in his book and to that of illustration that you were doing? Well, I had never really done illustration, honestly. My, my graphic oh, gotcha. design was much more – we did a lot of architectural signing, that sort I of thing. You. Corporate okay. identity, you know, things like that. So I really hadn't done any drawing at all. Yeah. So the so the first uh, you know painting or drawing that sort of thing I had done was with the oil painting, and I guess what hooked me on the you know the colored pencils was I could get the look of oils mm -hmm. with a pencil, you know, and I and I loved drawing. I mean, I loved the feel of that pencil in my hand. It was closer to me than uh, you know more familiar to me than a brush even. In his book, he. He did burnishing, and so once I saw – I did some of his little exercises, you know. Once I saw that I could get that look, I'm like, wow, do I love this. And uh, so that's, that's what got me started, and I haven't turned back since. I just ordered his book on Amazon. Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good little that, book. It really is. It got me excited. I, I, didn't, I didn't know about that book. Have that's you still oil painted all or just colored pencil now? Well, I did. For a long time, I did both. I have had this, you know, should I – well, the thing we always talk about is oil is king of the hill. You know, I mean, there's no no two ways about it. Mm -hmm. And so I've had this struggle within myself until a few uh, – probably – about three years ago, I finally gave up the oil altogether. The, the color, I was doing both for quite a while. Then the colored pencil kept taking over and taking over until I was doing less and less oil until I finally decided to give it up. And because I, I think I'm better, uh, honestly, I think I'm a better artist with a colored pencil. I, I think yeah. you're phenomenal at both. That's I'm looking through your gallery yeah. and just, oh my God. Gosh. Well, there, you know, there, I, and I still, I mean, I said I gave it, give it up, but you know, I have this talk with myself all the time. Maybe I should be doing oil, mm -hmm. you know, because it, the colored pencil still has a long way to go. It's come a long way, but it's it has. It's nice, though, to have artists who are doing things at this quality because you can't, when you look at these, you cannot tell the difference between your colored pencil work and your oil paintings. I, know. I mean, they're amazing yeah. and it's so nice to have an artist who shows look this is as good this really is as right. good as the oil painting but if you could just convince the gallery people of that yeah. you know yeah uh, right. it's getting so much better i mean the, honestly uh you know when i started uh, you never saw colored pencil in magazines you know art magazines or anything and it, i mean it's come leaps and bounds but there's still a prejudice against it there's no mm -hmm. uh, no mm -hmm. two ways about it um hopefully that's going to change um but I if they could is. just look at that and say, who cares what it's, you know, what it's made out of, you know, what right. medium it is. If it's good art, it's good art. I think we're starting to see that a lot more. And I, I, think I see so. it a lot more with younger artists. They don't yes. care what they're working in. As long as it looks good, that's all they care yeah. about. And I think as this newer generation starts coming up, we're going to yeah. see where the oils are pushed. I don't want to say they're pushed out, but they're not as they're not going to be the dominant. end all. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I th I think it's it's happening for sure. Yeah. 
Let me ask you a question, though, with that, um, with regard to oils and colored pencil. Now, you said you, if I understood this correctly, you said you started preferring colored pencil. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, I guess for one thing, you know, with my background, I told you I did a lot of mechanical drawing, that sort of thing. Obviously, you can see from my work, I love precision, obviously. And, I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing right. like it. It's it's easier to be precise with the pencil than it is with the brush. I mean, you can be right. precise, but it's it's just easier. And then it's, yeah. it's it's what everybody else says too. The convenience. I don't have to clean brushes, but it's the you know the chemicals and all of that. Yeah. Uh huh. You know. But there right, so, there are things that you can do with oil that you just cannot do with any other medium too though I will tell you it's a it's a uh, I love the blending of oils mm-hmm. you know? uh-huh. and it's hard to blend in colored pencil yeah you know I think it's forever. one of the harder things to do and boy you can do it a lot easier in oil you know there are things like that that still kind of are special about the oil have you mixed the two? I've seen some people do that. I, you know, I've experimented a tiny bit, but not very much, and it's been very unsuccessful. <laughs> mm-hmm. What I've tried, so yeah. But I have thought about that. You know, what if? Right. You know. So today, what is your preferred paper and preferred pencils? Pencil-wise, I have primarily used the Prismacolor and the Luminance pencils by Karen Dosh, and I have gone to all light fast pencils. Because I do think, you know, if you're getting your work in galleries, that sort of thing, that that becomes – that is a real issue that I think needs to be addressed. At least you can say that, you know, I'm using the best quality pencils and their light fastness is as good as any other medium, so – Right. That's important. But my, my favorite is Prismacolors. I, I, I don't think anything compares to the uh, – well, I guess it's the amount of the amount of pigment, the amount of uh, pencil that goes down, and mm-hmm. uh, the richness of them, the, uh, mm-hmm. the waxiness of them. The, right. the luminance are good, and I do, I do like them. I think the Prismacolor is still primo in, ter- in terms of how I – for the way that I work, where I burn yeah. and that sort of thing. You know, right. But like everybody says, they're having their problems, which I'm sure you've heard about. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wish they would fix them. But I don't. I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have a lot of sets of pencils. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. junky like everybody else. <laughs> right. But those are the ones I use. Yeah. Are you testing others then, or are there some others that you're? Do you have a, a runner-up <laughs> Runner up. No, I tell you, those are the two. Okay. Those really are the two. Um, I have – I don't like any of the pencils, like some of the Derwent, uh, some of those. They they don't work for what I do because I'm not, uh-huh. not a person that does soft layering, that sort of thing. I primarily work on Stonehenge. Although I've tried and used a lot of different surfaces, my uh, self-portrait that we were talking about uh-huh. when we started recording was done on uh, U-Art sandpaper, 600. Oh, really? There are some subjects that are just really good. I knew that that was going to have a lot of blending of colors, and yeah. I find that a lot easier on sandpaper. The blending is easier on sandpaper than it is on paper, I think. So is it faster? Or is it just simpler to do? I think it is a little faster. A little faster? I do, Hmm. yeah. Now, I will tell you something new for me is the Icarus board. I would say... Tell us us about that. Yeah, within the last year, for those people that don't know, it's a heated drawing board designed by Esther Roy, a colored pencil artist. And it's uh, what it does is melt the wax in your wax-based pencils, making it easier to put down. You don't have to use as much elbow grease to blend. Mm-hmm. It really makes it faster, a lot faster. But it took me – I've had it for several years, and I really fought yeah. this board. I don't know why. I just – I couldn't get the – the technique down that worked for me. I think I was kind of fighting it. I wasn't letting the board do as much work as I needed to. You know, I've always burnished, meaning that, you know, I blend, I put layers down and then I blend them all together with heavy pressure. So I've always done that. I always love that look. But the Icarus board helps do that. And it makes it, it's speeded my, I've produced a lot more work this year than I have in a long time. 
I would say it's because of the Icarus board. But I thought of the Icarus board because I have been combining it with the sandpaper. So that portrait, well, the self-portrait was done mm -hmm. on the sandpaper on the Icarus board. And I blended it with scrubber brushes. Scrubber brushes. You can use, I also use the uh, stumps, you know, the pastel uh -huh. stumps. And you can blend really good with that. You can also blend with the pencil. But the those little brushes, they're, I think they're really watercolor brushes. But you can buy uh, straight across or filberts. And they're real short, yeah. you know. And they... Yeah. Uh, they give you a lot of pressure. You just blend it with that, and it helps. Uh, the Icarus board kind of increases the wax somehow. It makes it more prominent, and this kind of the it blends it, and it also removes a little bit of wax. But those two things together have just really speeded up the process. Did you use it with Stonehenge paper as yes, well, or did it. you find I'm, it? I'm using it all the time now, and I'm working on a couple of pictures now that are uh, on Stonehenge, and it works just as well on Stonehenge. Now, which Stonehenge do you go with, the one in the pads or the individual sheets? I buy the individual sheets. I even sometimes, um, if you buy really large sheets, I forget the size, but you can get a... I think it's a it's a heavier weight, a little bit heavier weight than the 20, 22 by 30 sheet. And so I use that sometimes. I don't buy the pads because they're not really big enough. I'm, I've been working a little bit bigger than that. So, plus What I is your average size you've been working on? I'm sorry, what? We're both going to talk at the same time. What <laughs> is your average size you've been working on? I have really increased it to probably about between 20 and 30 inches. Wow, that's dimension. big. Yeah. I mean, for colored so, pencil, that's big. It's big. And this, yeah, this is, is the nice thing about the Icarus board is it's kind of allowed me to do that. Because otherwise, because, you know, I use a lot of dark backgrounds. In fact, almost all mm -hmm. my work has those dark backgrounds. And that's a lot of elbow grease. Yeah. And a lot of work. And uh, so this has really allowed me to do that. Now, let me, let me talk to you a little bit about that Icarus board then. I've had one now for several years. To be honest, I mean, I, what I find happening is I'll be nearly done. I'll think, oh, yeah, I'm going to use this uh, this time. I'm going to test this out. And then I go in and mess something up. And then I have to go in and correct something. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's melting. You know? I, know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's You have to – everybody works a little bit different. And mm -hmm. um, you have to find a way to use it that works for you. Let's see if I can describe how I do it. Now, some people – I know Esther and Arlene Steinberg, they use mm -hmm. um, an underpainting of those neocolor uh, yeah. crayons and then they put colored pencil on top of it i don't i really don't like to use those very much they're super waxy um yeah. so i yeah. go directly with my colored pencils and like my dark backgrounds i just get in there directly on the heat i don't i don't do it beforehand so you, or anything so you turn that up full blast pretty pretty as close hot as pretty okay close. and then you're just applying the darkest colors that you want yep. immediately. Yes. Oh, I see. So yep. that does save you it some time. You're not layering as much. And on my la my latest pictures too. I mean, I've always been a big advocate of making your own blacks, and I still am. But yeah. the last uh, few pictures I've been doing here, I've done, believe it or not, some nail polish pictures, and and uh, they mm. the bottles of nail polish are super bright, you know, and colorful. And mm -hmm. so I went with just a black pencil background, believe it or not. I mean, Cannot I didn't layer, you, did that. you know, red and green. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't use black hardly I ever either. And but, I didn't either, but you know what's happening. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I, I'm not saying I'll do that all the time, but on these pictures, it's kind of that dull background kind of makes the color uh -huh. really pop. Pop out, yeah. Yeah, it kind of made sense, that. you know. Right, right. So. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, so if we compare how you would typically work then on paper without the Icarus board, you're building up multiple layers yep. to get that and then dark, I'm, dark background. Then I am I'm building up. I usually did it with uh, two colors. My favorite colors were Tuscan red and indigo blue. Uh, mm -hmm. I switched to black raspberry because it was the Tuscan is the light fast. Light fast. But yeah. I would I would layer those two colors and then burnish them together. 
Mm-hmm. And I I would on those I probably just continued burnishing, you know, adding layers and uh, I'd put down a couple of layers with not heavy pressure and then I would uh, put down a couple of layers with heavy pressure and blend it all together. So it would be several steps to get that background. Yeah. And so how long? Elbow grease. You know. Yeah. So how long does one of these gigantic pieces take you? <laughs> well, I tell you, I could do one. In three weeks, yeah, if I really work at it. Yeah. That's Which really fast. Which is a lot for me. Yeah, I that mean, is. That's that is fast. Amazing, really. Yeah. It depends on the complexity of it, you know, but. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, it could take me two or three months before, you know, so. Esther told me when I talked to her, when I first got it, she said, there's a learning curve on it. Yeah. There really is, you know, and it's, it's a right. little different for everybody because everybody does work a little bit different, you know. Sure. Okay, what I really love is how you have kept this consistent body of work. I mean, even your book, Painting Light with Colored Pencil, and then if you look at uh, your body of work, I mean, that's what that's, that's primarily what, what yeah. we notice, yeah, is yeah. that backlit kind of uh, transparent look yeah. uh, in these uh, still lifes. Well, that's what really intrigues me. And I guess even when I first started oil painting, my first my first paintings were, were first of all, still lifes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I love them, but I do. Um, and uh, but I've always loved, um, you know, the uh, the old masters in particular, Caravaggio. You know, with everything mm-hmm. coming out of the dark, that sort of thing. So right. that was what interested me to begin with. And then I can't remember exactly how, but I discovered backlighting. And boy, when I saw that, I was just intrigued because it, the backlighting can just change uh, an object just dramatically. You know, yeah. you're you're seeing things that you never saw before. Whether it's a, uh, you know, I did one picture that was sections of oranges, you know, and mm-hmm. they're or a mm-hmm. slice of orange. You know, it become when you backlight it, it looks like a stained glass window. You're right, right. You know, it's just amazing. One of my favorite pictures I did was the garlic picture. I got that, and I knew it had those little layers of uh-huh. uh, whatever you call them. Anyway, the little paper-thin, you know, like tissue-thin layers. And uh, so I, I got that, and I thought, I wonder what I could do with that. And uh, boy, did it work. I mean, That's you the, pull the those little – yeah, yeah, pull those little layers out. And the light coming through them, oh, my gosh, it was magical. The thing that's so awesome is you would never necessarily think, wow, garlic would make a great painting. And you see this, and it's just breathtaking. Like, that is the most amazing garlic I have ever seen. (laughs) But I love – that's what I love for people to – you know, that's what excites me or what Uh I want to do in my work is make people just look at something they would never even think of to look at and see how beautiful it is. You're definitely accomplishing one. that. We are that's just talking called, over each other so bad. Yeah, I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. I'm done. Go. <laughs> sorry, too. We don't typically do it no. that bad. Um, don't Cry For Me, is that the one we're talking about, though? No, that don't, oh, cry, that uh, don't Cry Those are For onions. Me is a red onion. Yeah, yeah I know my no, fruits that's vegetables. the yellow Really, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Okay. I was talking I, over you. <laughs> no, I was, I, was, I was trying to make a joke. I, I said, I do know my fruits and vegetables. Um <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, oh, I, I found it. I think. Yeah, Garlic don't cry. In the new yeah, light. I think the yellow onion. Yeah. Uh, there's. I've done a couple of uh, of red onions too. One. Yeah. One of my other yeah. favorites is the red onion that's spread out, kind of like a flower. Yeah. And. Um, but I spend a lot of time in produce sections, um, <laughs> picking out fruits and vegetables. Right. <laughs> is that lady ever going to buy on aisle nine? <laughs> no, <laughs> she doing? had a lot of strange looks. <laughs> she handled all the fruits. <laughs> yeah, and when I spend a you know an hour over the garlic uh, bin, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and then you come up to the register with uh, one scallion or something. <laughs> but you know, my latest things have been. I have veered away a little bit from that, but they're not gone. I'm going back to them. But um, I have been trying some different subject matter here, but I'm still using the light, you know. Um, that's still the main, the main object in my pictures, so. 
what what so what are you doing recently then uh i told i did um oh my picture that got into the uh, colored pencil society's uh, exhibition this year out in tacoma washington is a row of matches burning and they it's called life is like a flame and some of them are flaming high and some are almost burnt out um they're like just matches in a row the wooden kind uh-huh. you know? um and it's i love that one i'm very excited about that one That's and then awesome. i've been doing some crazy things like the um nail polish bottles i've got right. a row of nail polish bottles and then i've got some nail polish bottles dripping i'm just working on that one now and i'm getting ready to start one that is sounds very strange but they are those bendable straws drinking straws uh-huh. and they're all lined up in a row and i've bent them in different directions you know uh-huh. they're different colors and i'm calling that one bend what is it a bent but not broken and so, but I've just, uh, I've just been, in fact, last night I just came up with some new ideas for some fruit. So I'm going to photograph those very soon. Now, I remember you talking one time about uh, your um, f- photography um, process, right, right. capturing your references. And um, I, I just think it's a good thing to, to, talk to newer artists about that um i remember you talking about you took like how many pictures it was several hundred i think yeah i i can spend a weekend photographing right yeah i really can yeah uh but i think i think one thing um that i discovered when i began teaching after my book came out was that um People, well, first of all, people don't, a lot of times, don't even consider the light. You know, they just, they have set mm-hmm. out a still life and they just photograph it, you know, or they just paint yeah. life. And it's just whatever light is there. They might put it in front of a window, but they don't consider it real seriously. But to right. me, it's uh, it's as important as anything else in a painting. It's mm-hmm. composition or anything. Well, maybe in mine, it's the main subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I spend a great deal of time, uh, first of all, setting it up, composing mm-hmm. it, you know, the composition, and then lighting it. And I use sometimes I use natural light. Uh, sometimes I use artificial. It can give you different looks. Um, and so I may, you know, I'll move that composition all around. I'll move the objects around. I'll move the lighting around. And I'll be taking pictures the whole time. And out of all those pictures, I'll probably find one, you know, and sometimes I don't find any. You know, you think you have a great idea and then ugh, it just doesn't quite make it, you know. Uh-huh. So um, so I spend – when I go buy my fruit or whatever I'm using, I buy a lot of it um, because I know I'm going to take a lot of pictures and it may take a couple of days to come up with what I really want. So I'll start out with an idea of probably what I want to – what I'm going to try. But then as you get into it, one idea leads to another. Well, what if I did this or what if I moved this over here or added this, that sort of thing. So I spend a great deal of time and I find a lot of people don't want to make that effort. And that makes all the difference. Yeah, I think it really got me reevaluating how long I spend on taking photos, let me tell you. See, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like that with pet portraits. I will take the time and take a million photos, but I never when I've done the still lives, I've never really taken the time needed to get decent but results. But it's the same. It's the same. You know, mm-hmm. you want exactly the right picture for yeah. Or anything, and it's the same with the still life. And um, you know, to me, that pays off in the end because that's your idea. You yeah, know, no, I mean, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's right. the essence of your picture. It's not your technique. I mean, technique's important, but it's only one little thing. To me, the idea is more important than anything. Mm-hmm. The idea. The idea. Is more important. Yes. The idea of that picture. What you're trying to see yeah. in that picture. Is what's most important. I'm not as intrigued uh, with uh, still life most of yeah. the time myself yeah. for with me doing it. Right. I, I like portraits better. Right. But when I saw Sunset in a Bottle, oh, oh my word! Yeah. There's just something about yeah. that that I can that there there was just this 
this uh, release of endorphins, I'm sure. I mean, it's just, it puts me in a real pleasant state. Yeah, it's almost and I could like just a landscape stare- in a way. Yeah. yeah, I could just keep staring at that and staring at it. Yeah. Um, now that I don't was, know. It's just those evening shadows is what yeah. it looks like. That was interesting how I photographed that one. That was done in a, in my uh, my house faces east and west. And so uh-huh. I put uh, I put those bottles up in a window, and I photographed them all day long. And because uh, I knew the light was going to be changing, so every little bit I yeah. take another photograph. And it was a west-facing window, and so I'm taking all these pictures. And then I thought, well, I'm going to take, you know, it's probably too dark, uh, probably not going to get very much. And so I I shot my last photos just as that sun was going down, and they were fabulous. I would have never thought to do that, you know. Oh, um, that is so. So good. it was it just, was one of those, oh. as Bob Ross would say, happy little accident. <laughs> <laughs> Happy accident. Yeah, yeah I, it it just works so well with that that burst of yellow. Yeah, uh, yeah the, and then oh, the contrast with that blue. And all. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so good. But I know a lot of people, you know, well, everybody has their own interest. You know, some people yeah, like landscapes, yeah. portraits, whatever. And and I don't think still life is the is the most popular by any means. Uh, but that's uh, most of them don't look like this. Yeah, I was going to say, because if I could do them like this, I might be interested. (laughs) I know. I'm on motivated right now to go try photos of still life. I know. I've always known that I'm not putting enough attention, especially into the lighting. Um, That's it. It's the lighting, isn't it? You're right. It really is every single time. It really is. This is really motivational, though. It's inspiring, I guess. It It is, yeah. Yeah, But but it's, it's more than that to me also, because... The composition is so good, too. That's a big thing. Yeah, it's real pleasant to look at because I'm not fighting with some lines and, and some direction, you know. And and then I'm looking at the reflection that you have, uh, and that is so powerful. Yeah. Too. yeah, that is powerful. Those become so, – I mean, they're as important to the composition as anything. But mm-hmm. But I – you know, lighting is number one for me, but probably number two is composition. Well, yeah. composition and value – you know, mm-hmm. are super important mm-hmm. to me. And uh, I remember, you know, I told you I joined this art club. And the yeah. first the first uh, show, they have an annual show. And the first time I entered that, I won a big award. And I was just beyond myself. And I'll never forget what the uh, uh, judge said. I say this in the intro into my book. Um, but he said that my painting could have been more painterly. It was an oil. Um, but that my composition was great, and that's yeah. what made the painting good. And he said that you can have a good painting with less than perfect technique but great composition, but you can't have it the other way. You can't have a good painting with great technique and poor composition. doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's really true. The composition is so important. And technique, eh, it's important, but it's just one thing. And I think a lot of times people get a little hung up on the technique. You know, they're uh-huh. a little more concerned about that than anything. And the other thing then is uh, that's essential to my work, actually, is is really strong values and mm-hmm. having lots of darks. And lots of people are scared of darks, really scared. I've, I found that when I was teaching that – that people are just, they're timid to go too dark. They think they're going to ruin it if they go too dark. And they'll end up with middle values and light values, mm-hmm. but they won't have those darks in there. And for my for my pictures to work, you got to have those darks. It's that extreme contrast. You do have that, but, it, yeah. but, but what's so awesome is you have that... That right balance, though, in the middle values too. Well, yeah, I got plenty which, of those. You, you know. gotta have that. You gotta have that yeah. full range, in my opinion. You've got to right. have full range in there. Yeah, I was so glad John pointed out this sunset in a bottle one. I hadn't seen this one in the gallery yet. I'm Isn't just that incredible. In awe. I know. I, I gotta. I gotta get off this page so we can <laughs> move along. So you're not teaching currently? No, you have uh, for one, I or? have a family situation where I'm the caregiver for my ninety, what is it, ninety four and ninety two year old parents. Uh, oh gosh! Gotcha. So that became a. I just felt uh, they're they're actually 
pretty good shape. But I just felt like that uh, it was a little hard for me to be away that sure. much. Um, so, and it's it's worked out really well. I'm actually it gives me a chance to produce more art, really, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really enjoying that. So. I like the teaching, um, but my real love is making that art. Mm -hmm. And I taught for about – my book came out in 85, um, so I taught for about eight years, I think. I've only given it up for the last couple of years. Do you mostly sell private collections or are you selling selling that's (laughs) yeah i had i've been very lucky in some ways i i'm trying to sell through galleries this is where i am now okay um a couple when was it well i guess um i started out um trying to get my name out there by entering competitions i was lucky enough to win a competition in southwest art magazine a few years back and that led to a lot of nice things happening for me. I got invited to or to participate in an invitational show at a at the Gilcrease Museum in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because they had seen my work in there. And then that led to my doing an artist in residency at a private academy called Holland Hall in Tulsa. And I taught out there for a week. I had to teach kindergarten through high school. (laughs) I'd only taught adults, and that was scary. Uh But um, along with that residency, I got a solo show. Um, Wow. uh, So I had a solo show and had pieces at the Gilcrease Museum at the same time there. And it was very exciting. Uh, They loved colored pencil. I sold almost all my pieces. It was just very special for me. But I can't say that's continued. Uh, Yeah. So it's a struggle. The galleries I've tried, I, I uh, out of that, I tried a gallery in Colorado. Didn't go well at all. Didn't. You know, I think I got my hopes up that people really, they really are going to accept the colored pencil. But I think you have to really, it's a struggle to find the right gallery, the right audience. Mm-hmm. It really is. You need to find somebody that's going to, I think, be as enthusiastic about this medium as you are. Mm-hmm. No, I was there at that academy. I was, you know, getting everybody there excited about it. Right. And uh, the gallery owners don't, you know, somebody comes in and they say, oh, but I wanted an oil. So they'll say, oh, well, I understand and go show them an oil. You know, they don't. Mm-hmm. what they need to do is say, hey, this is a this is an up and coming medium. Can you believe this is colored pencil? You know. Yeah, and yeah, for whatever reason, I guess they're just not there yet, or no, there's just not, not enough of them. No, not enough doing that. Not enough of yeah. them yet. So, uh, so that's that's basically where I am now. It sounds like a lot of good things happen. I mean, I've when you were published in Southwest Magazine, yeah. uh, I I mean, I've seen a lot of of your art being published in uh, the Drawing Magazine yeah, and different I've, ones that yeah, very, are owned by the very fortunate. The F and W media, but it you know it uh, the the interesting thing about the uh, the Southwest Art Magazine was mm-hmm. that 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 really is a collector's magazine or a buyer's magazine. It's not it's not a how to for other artists. Uh, which is which a is, lot of what the other F and W right, media, which is magazines what are. artist magazine, all yeah, international drawing, artists, they're all right. Other artists look at it, but uh, buyers look at uh, Southwest Art. So it's kind of that's kind of how things happen. You know, one thing leads mm-hmm. to another. You know, just like publishing my book, that led to all my teaching, you know. Right, right. So you just have to – I did, you know, learn early on I can't just sit here in a little Hillsborough and expect somebody to knock on my door. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Is that how it works? Can't just sit back. (laughs) Sorry to burst your bubble there. (laughs) But I have been lucky. I really have. So – but I just tried to get my name out there any way I could, you know, entering shows, uh, entering competitions, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I can't. It's it's paid off for me. Well, I hope people – I mean, I, I love art and I love colored pencil and I, I try to show that enthusiasm, you know, and I think it does yeah. rub off on people. So, 
Yeah, because I want to go take pictures now, and I just don't have time for that today. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> well, you know, that's a, when I was teaching, that that turned out to be the thing that people wanted me to do the most um, was was discuss photography or do photography. Mm-hmm. You know, show them how I did it, show them how I did setups, um, that, that sort of thing, So, as well as the technique. But they really yeah. – because they weren't getting that from anybody else, you know, so – there's so much involved in that, that is so much involved. I watched a video once of a guy showing how he did the setup to take a photograph of, I think it was a whiskey bottle. Mm-hmm. And I never would have guessed you would use that many different light sources and the different reflectors. And I mean, the way that he set this up to get it to look that way, if I would have seen that, I would have been like, oh, yeah, you put the light in front, you take a picture, you're done. And it's just that isn't how it works. Well, I tell you, I don't use all those reflectors and stuff. No. No, I don't. I'm very, I kind of just make it up as I go along. <laughs> well, yeah, <here> <laughs> I, You know what I use as my main light source is one of those carpenter lights, those reflector lights. Yeah. And um, that anybody can buy. I ha- Actually, I have some really nice studio lights from when I did my book. Um, but I really don't use those very much. I use my carpenter light. And I put a daylight bulb in it. And uh, most of my work is done with that light as the directional source. Usually, you know, from the backlighting, it's, it's from behind but off to the side a little mm-hmm. bit. It can't mm-hmm. be directly behind. Yeah. But off to the side a little bit. And then I turn off all my other lights. And uh, that's how I do it. Yeah, I'm going to need a trip to the hardware store tomorrow. Seriously. That (laughs) That is seriously happening. (laughs) And everybody thinks, you know, anymore, uh, the digital cameras, my goodness, they're so good. You do need one where it doesn't control the lighting. You don't, you know, you want to use a flash, you you know, that'll destroy it. And a lot of them will correct for low light. Well, I want that low light, so I don't want to do that. Right. But uh, people think that you you have to have really, you know, expensive equipment and stuff, and, and you really don't, you know. Mm-mm. Now, I do have a really nice uh, uh, digital 35-millimeter SLR camera, um, but I don't use a lot of the settings on there um, mm-hmm. because I, I do do it pretty simply. And uh, then, of course, you know, sometimes I'll use the natural light, like in that bottle, this the sunset, right. or some of my fruit pictures um, had uh, the morning sun. Um, so it just depends on the effect you want. But I do a lot of artificial lighting too. Hmm. But nothing, nothing out of the ordinary in terms of. It, I don't build boxes and put my stuff in. You know, a lot of people do that. Sure. Um, I don't, and I have, <laughs> I have used all kinds of tricks to make fruit stand up and stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I saw those leaves. Uh, what? what which oh, one yes. Was that? I'll tell you how I yeah. did that. That was uh, this is one of my that new, was interesting. My new things that I use. I discovered I wanted yeah my my dancing tupelo leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what I could not get, I first of all, I hot glued them onto a surface, uh-huh. and they still wouldn't stand up. They started going, <laughs> they started bending over. So I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? So I got one of uh, a sheet of acrylic, clear acrylic. I thought, well, you wouldn't see that. So I, I stood that up, and then I let the uh, leaves lean against that so I could gotcha. still backlight them. Yeah. So now I said a lot, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of like where there's a will, there's a way. You'll figure out. (laughs) I think that's so much to do with being an artist, too, is being a troubleshooter. And I think Mm -hmm. not enough people understand that. I mean, whether it be technique or compass, everything. Like, you have to constantly be troubleshooting and figuring stuff out. Yeah. I'm asked questions sometimes. I'm like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that about No, art. they don't. And it's funny because until they do, the, yeah. it, it's noticeable in their work until they start. Yeah. Or just in the questions that I'm asked sometimes, I'm like, you didn't even try to figure that out, did you? Yeah. You right. have to, if you can't figure that out, then you're not going to figure out the harder stuff. You have to start thinking right. about stuff and troubleshooting things and right. being a problem solver. Well, I grew up in a house where we kind of always made – my dad was a carpenter, um, and my brother's an architect. He's an artist, too, on top of that. Uh, but they all, you know, uh, they were always making something. You know, you have something mm-hmm. uh, laying around, and, oh, I can make this out of that and stuff. So I kind of grew up with that. 
um, you know, where you're trying to uh, do, you know, figure things out like that. So that kind mm-hmm. of applies to the to the art too. So, wow! But who would have thought a few standing yeah. up leaves would be this? <laughs> like it just captures your attention so much. And on some of my onion pictures, um, I take, um, I do some beading too. That's kind of my artistic thing. That's not art. When I need a little bit of a break, you know, to do something different, um, and I have these super thin beading needles. And uh, so I will take those, you know, the fine uh, leaves or layers of those onions or the garlic, and you know, because they won't always stay where you want them. So I'll spread them out and then prop them up with needles. So if you saw my original photos, you'd see see all these needles in there and things. So really good idea. So what are you using for the reflection that a lot of these are sitting on? Oh yeah, that uh, the way to get that is you have to have a shiny surface. It's Mm -hmm. got to be shiny to get those reflections. So I have um, for a white surface, I have a, a, a plastic tray. Um, that I use a white plastic tray. Oh, one that one really good thing that I discovered is a dry erase board. I know another artist who is going to photograph that way too. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, and then for the, uh, I just have an old. It's kind of the top of a TV tray that I sprayed shiny black um, for a black surface. Um, so you can do you know anything like that, but it has to be shiny. So with those, uh, like the reflections on some of the fruit, you know, you're getting the backlighting, but you're also what's exciting is you're also getting in the shadows. The backlighting creates the shadows, but then inside the shadows, you're getting a reflection of the fruit, and so that reflection is coming from that shiny surface. So this, this is so cool though because it 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 sort of it demonstrates that whole idea of you know you prepare ahead of time and you're going to save yourself a ton of work and yes create some more compelling art when you do that. It reminds me of that Abraham Lincoln quote or I don't know if it was him but it always gets attributed to him I think that he he's the one I think said if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first hour sharpening the axe. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that preparation. Yeah. I like to, you know, I get a lot of people, I've always was having students that would say they took a still life of some, I don't know, pottery jars or something. They'd come in and they'd say, I'd like to turn those into glass. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I can do that. I don't know how you're going to. You know, <laughs> you plan ahead. And uh, I like to spend the time on the front end and know yeah. I've got – I like to have a really good photograph. Not necessarily right. technically, but it's got the lighting. What I'm looking for in it is the lighting, the color, that sort of thing. The values and all yeah. that. Yeah, and, and um, I want uh, – you know, I want to spend the time there rather mm-hmm. than later trying to change right. this, yeah. change that, and change this. So I spend the time there, and it saves me time later, you know. So, What other tips would you give to a beginner colored pencil artist, someone just starting out wanting to do colored pencil? Don't be timid. Go for it. I think in art, you can't be afraid. That's why I think people have trouble with the values is, you know, get a full range of values. Don't be afraid of the darks. Don't be afraid to try something. So what? You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not the end of the world. But you have to be you have to kind of be bold and go for it. Um, The other is find what way works for you? You know, start off with just like we all do, you know, with books and, you know, trying somebody's technique. But don't be a slave to that, you know. Mm, um, so good. Don't be afraid to, if it's not quite working for you and you want to try to do it a different way, do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't think there's any two people that really, you know, work the same. You know, do some of the lessons, do their techniques, but don't be a slave to that. You know, develop your own technique. Use that as a starting point, a jumping off point to create your own method of working. And just don't be a slave to uh, to lessons. I find people, they just want to do it. Uh, they kind of get, what's the word? They get attached to that. You know, they don't want to, they're afraid to jump off on their own. They lean too much on lessons. It's a good starting point, but it's just that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Well, and you have some people that that's all they do. Uh, they always take always right. taking a workshop, uh, and everything they have is from a workshop. Right. And, they, and you know, uh, my goal at any time is to is to get people excited to you know let them know what we were just talking about about the photography you don't have to have yeah. special equipment you know right. think of just do your own setups it's exciting you know mm-hmm. it's so much more fun if you have set that up and right. done it your the whole thing yourself than it is to do somebody's lesson the lesson's a good starting point like we said but it's uh, mm-hmm. it's so much more fun to do your own thing I think. I definitely agree. I've been taking more photos of wildlife for myself to draw. And while I'll still use other reference photos I get from paid sources, I enjoy the ones where I know I took that shot so much more. It means when you do it, then you're remembering doing that. Yeah. Remembering seeing that animal or taking that shot, you know. And uh, it means so much more to you. So I try to, you know, I've taught a lot of workshops and, and we have, a, I have a little group here. I, I started it as a, I was teaching, but then when I decided to give up the teaching, we just turned it into a little group that gets together and, uh, you know, just draws together and critique each other and that sort of thing. And I'm always pushing them, you know, to do your own thing. Do your own thing. You really will like it. And I think they, you know, when they get to that point, they they do like it. They enjoy it. I love colored pencil and I love talking about it and I love turning people on to it. And don't you feel, I feel like we're all a part of, kind of pioneers in this in a way. Yeah. That we're yeah. we're part of making this medium. That's right. I feel like that too. And it's exciting. I it mean, is. it's it's like you're, you're part of a movement now yeah. that can have, you know, uh, some long lasting effects. I think so too. And, and I get so excited. It. I mean, see the younger people coming up, this Jesse Lane, right. my goodness is that mm-hmm. is he talented or what yeah wow but i get i get so excited to see what is being done about colored pencil and the mm-hmm. new coming into it it's uh it's inspiring it really is thank you very much for joining us i really appreciate this and you know it would be so fun to uh have you on again sometime and maybe talk more about some materials sure. uh maybe protection of color pencil work and stuff like that. I don't know. There's a lot of other things that I would love to talk about. Anytime anytime, I'd be happy to. That'd be be fun. But thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is great. Thanks for motivating me about lights that I'm going to go buy tomorrow. Let's let's go do that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and I bought a book while we were doing the show. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. He's going to cost us money. (laughs) I really appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Are we ready? I'm ready. Um, let me, there we go. Okay, recording. All right. Lisa and I are going to count to four and then we're going to clap. And, four? And we count to four and we clap on five. Ding dong. Don't you remember? Oh. <laughs> All right. One, two, three, four. So you got the backlighting and you got the reflections. So we're together, set the shot for tomorrow. Yeah, it gets really exciting. <laughs> I'm going to take a bunch of these photos and you're going to see them and go, no, that really wasn't what I was talking about. You're not doing that right. <laughs> Just Good play try, around. <laughs> and a lot of times.